Welcome to Pass It On with CWR Talent. I'm Corinne Winterisay, and this is my podcast. At CWR Talent, we've dedicated this podcast to sharing the experiences of some of the most successful executives in my network. And it's not always the ones at the top. We'll speak to leaders of all styles and hear advice on how to build a rewarding and meaningful career with resilience, tenacity, and balance. For those of you who know me, I've had the pleasure to work with some of the most gifted and bright business leaders over the last 30 years in the hospitality and entertainment industries. I've guided hundreds of candidates in moves of their professional lives. My specialty? Discover talent and pass it on. That's it. In simpler terms, I'm a headhunter with a twist. I hope to shine a light on the beauty of coaching and mentoring to gain emotional intelligence and balance in your life and how you can benefit from what we've got to share. Join me and my very special guests for in-depth Q&A interviews covering our industry's challenges and the current market for talent. This is CWR, and let's pass it on. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Corinne Winterusay, and on today's episode, I'd like to first thank all of you who've taken your time to give our pods a listen, a like, and a share to your network. We really appreciate it. It's how we grow the listenership and strengthen our aspiring leaders for the road ahead by passing on our best advice and support to those to whom the baton will pass. Please pass it on across your networks. Today's pod is for our clients or any person responsible for interviewing within your own employer's company. Want to be efficient? The one interview question that says it all. This one interview question from Elon Musk is absolute genius. His question may seem ordinary on the surface, but it's anything but. Here are four reasons why. In my last podcast, The Interview Doctor, my guest Nick O'Donnell and I recommended three pertinent questions you can ask the interviewer that will show the interviewer what makes you tick. Well, there's nothing I love more than a little bit of efficiency. And here's how one singular question from the employer-to-be will tell all about you. In this piece in Inc. Magazine by Justin Barizzo, Elon's former spouse, Justine Musk, who was married to him for almost a decade, once shared a fascinating insight into his mind and how he hires employees. When Elon and I would travel and we had to fill out forms at customs that wanted to know your occupation, Elon never wrote down CEO or king of the world, relates Justine. She says he wrote engineer. The famous CEO and tech visionary Elon Musk has long preferred to see himself as a problem solver, not as a great business leader or a man of wealth, an engineer. As such, Musk's companies attract like minds. It's why some of the most intelligent and capable people in the world compete for positions at Tesla and SpaceX. They want to crack at solving what they see as the world's most challenging problems. But how do Musk and companies determine whom to hire? When it comes to elite problem solvers, how do they differentiate the best from the best? Musk recently shared a clue when he invited some of his best engineers to apply through Twitter to his Gigafactory Berlin project being built in Germany. Along with the public invite on Twitter, Musk included the following request. When sending your resume or CV, 
Please describe a few of the hardest problems you've solved and exactly how you solved it. On the surface, this inquiry may seem simple to a popular interview question used by countless companies around the world, but four subtle differences set it apart, increasing its value by leaps and bounds. Let's break it down. Number one, he gets it in writing. He says, when sending your resume, notice that Musk asks candidates to provide examples of problems they've solved in writing before coming in for an interview. This is a key request. Pay attention to the detail. In today's work environment, writing skills are more vital than ever. Engineers and everybody else need to be able to communicate their thoughts, not only through drawings and presentations, but important and also through email, Slack, and other IM platforms. Additionally, the, the opportunity to submit these examples in writing allows candidates time to think over the request without the pressure of an in-person interview where introverts and deep thinkers don't often do their best work. Number two, he asks for multiple examples. Musk asks candidates to please describe a few hard problems they've solved. Not one, not two, a few. Attention to detail. Intelligent minds may be able to solve one or two hard problems, but the most intelligent minds actually seek out difficult problems to solve, giving them a great repository of examples. By asking to see a few of these, Musk and company set the bar quite high. They seek the best and brightest candidates who can show a pattern of being able to solve difficult problems. Number three, he speaks in superlatives. Musk doesn't only ask for a few problems. He asks for a few of the hardest problems. So he qualifies it. Hardest problems. A few of the hardest problems. Another subtle yet important difference. Because once you're concentrating on the top 1-2% to of candidates, it becomes more challenging to differentiate one from the other. One way to do so is to look at the types of problems they've already solved at their level of complexity. And it shows what you consider is the hardest to you. That's very telling. Number four, he asks to see the process. Finally, Musk asks candidates to show exactly how they solved it, the problem. He thus shows his interest not only in the solution, but also in the process by which the candidate found that solution. In other words, Musk and Tesla want to see how the potential employee thinks, what makes them tick. Many top companies use a similar technique. Tech companies ask candidates to produce coding solutions live during the interview sometimes. Management consultancies ask potential hirees not only to provide a solution to a case situation live, but also to walk the interviewer through their process. Elon's technique is even better. Because while there's value in seeing candidates solve problems under pressure, all of the problems used on these interviews have already been identified and solved by countless previous interviewees. In contrast, by asking for applicants to present examples of the hardest problems they've solved and the processes they've used to solve them, Tesla gets insight into multiple areas of interest, including the candidates. Motivation their ability to identify unique underlying problems and root causes and communicate them clearly.
There are reasons for focusing on specific areas of those problems. And it shows their individual strengths, weaknesses, and tendencies. With this technique, you can analyze how applicants' problem-solving methods could be applied to similar problems the company is dealing with at the moment. Not to mention if the candidate lacks the attention to detail to even read and retain what is being asked and delivers something you didn't ask for. It tells something about the candidate, too. This is our first tell when we ask for certain information to be considered for an opportunity and you send something lacking those items. It doesn't help you. So if you're responsible for key hiring decisions and take a page out of Elon Musk's playbook, don't just ask candidates to provide examples of problems they've solved. Make sure to get it in writing in advance. Ask for multiple examples. Speak in superlatives, the hardest, the most profitable, the most difficult. Ask to see the process. Only consider the candidates who can follow instructions and it'll keep you out of court in the long run. Following these steps will help you find the best of the best and put your company in a position to solve the most complex problems. Now, interesting as it is to get all these fantastic, well-written case studies, the most important thing is to be able to understand a good answer when you hear one. I'd like to bring in Nick O'Donnell again to share with us his thoughts on how to keep your ear open for really good answers. Welcome back, Nick. What's your technique from the employer perspective? Hey, Corinne, how are you doing? It's good to be back with you again. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to get an insight into how the mind of Elon works. And I, I think that you've gone into super detail on why that seemingly simple question is so revealing uh, of, of, of people. Uh, it comes back to some quite basic things for me. You know, they've got a problem that is a particular shape and they're hoping that you're the person that's going to fix it for them. They will use techniques uh, to eliminate large numbers of people. I remember hearing in the 70s and 80s, Procter & Gamble used to put on these very formidable interviews. And one of the first things was they would hand out a form to everybody who would write their name, address, telephone number, etc., on it. And then at the very bottom of the form, uh, it was written, please do not write on this form. And that was <laughs> that was one little uh, mechanism they used to, you know, if you're interviewing 3,000 people for 10 jobs, you need to get rid of a lot of people early, you know. So um, yeah. there's, there's things that they do to make sure that they're, they're fishing in a densely populated pond of seemingly suitable candidates. So how do you pick the best out of that? Well, specific, the word specific, I mentioned it the first time around, that that changes everything. You know, the notion of expertise around figures, numbers, P&Ls is one thing but specific details of what you did and how you did it and what was the impact and what was the result, those are the things that set people apart. So you need to be attuned to what to listen out for when people are talking about specific examples of any of the areas that are required to be suitable for the job that they're applying for. Uh, and that means knowing exactly the shape of the problem, knowing exactly what is required of the successful candidate, making a list of things that you want to hear them talk about and ask specific questions about the areas that you're looking for. Um, I liken it sometimes to someone being taught how to speak French 
and they can ask every question that they need, but they're not being taught how to understand French being spoken back to them. So they ask, where's the train station? Someone tells them they don't understand what they said. So it's the same in an interview. (laughs) If you're going to ask a question, you need to know what kind of answer you want. And that is something that needs to be discussed well in advance. And particularly with the rest of the team, who are we looking for? What do they need to be like? What do they need to be good at, etc.? And have a list on your uh, notepad in front of you of the things you want to hear them say. What do you think of that? This is uh, absolutely brilliant because when he's talking about critical thinkers and he wants to know if they have a critical thinking path in 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 their makeup and in their skill set. And so I quite like the idea of asking for it written in advance that he can then, you know, study it and view it and understand how people tick. Because when you're put on the spot, just as, you know, he had understood people that do not have extroversion, people that are introverted, people that uh, need a different way to approach problems will much more appreciate a critical thinking case study to do in advance and not have to spew it out on the spot in an interview in front of a panel where they might not do as well, but they might have the better answer. Yeah, it's very true. And it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer then for old Elon to then um, you know identify the people that go about things the way that he wants them uh, tackled. And also, as you mentioned in the first section as well, the things that the individual chooses as the examples to give are a fair indicator of what color they are, you know, red, green, blue, or yellow. Yes. And, you know, and really, you know, are they those introverted, extroverted? What, how do they think about things? You know, that again, it comes back to what we discussed in the previous uh, conversation, Kareen, is about the honesty of the person applying for the job you know if they try and bullshit their way into a blue job when they're very very yellow green they're going to hate the job if they get it and the chances are they won't get through the screening process with elon musk but they might get through the screening process of someone who's less thorough in the way they go about looking for a new talent you know right no, definitely. It's a real interesting way of approaching it. And I thought this was a good way to turn it around because we discussed in our last episode about what the candidate can do to position themselves with their three really great questions for the employer to be. Yeah. But here we're addressing the employer and yeah. if they can get more efficient about how they're going to select. Yeah, well, I, I read a fantastic book on this subject a few years ago by an economist called Daniel Kahneman called Thinking Fast and Slow. And he dedicates a whole chapter on how to design an excellent recruitment process. Uh, And he put it to great use in various government departments around the world, actually. Uh, And it was basically six questions that you are desperate to know the answer to that are relevant to the vacancy that you're trying to fill. And that's the kind of thing that employers need to be thinking about. What do we really want this person to be brilliant at? let's find out who among this 500 people who've applied for the job have got all of the skills we need and let's pick the best of them. 
Absolutely. Now, I think it's a fine, a fine tool to use. One of the tools that I use in all of my more senior C-suite appointment work is to have that five question to the critical things that have to get done in the, in the filling of that vacancy and get them to do it in advance and in writing. It's a, it's, it's a tool that's been around, but I guess on the employer side, they don't have the time. They, recruitment doesn't seem to be a, something they want to dedicate a lot of time to. They seem to want to get through things fast. And, you know, and thank God for that. You know, that allows people like myself and others to have a business yeah, and, to help, and to help them speed along. However, <laughs> it, it is true that if they're not having the time dedicated to the answers and to understand if they're really getting what they actually are looking for uh, in the candidate or if the candidate's just snowing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very true. I mean, all the most impressive people that I've worked with down through the years have always said, recruitment is the most important thing you do every day <laughs> you know and when you've got that mm -hmm. attitude you really it, it applies to so many things because just when you think your team is as strong as it could possibly be um, someone gets tempted by another opportunity and you're back at that process of how do we fill that gap again and you know the selection process listening for the good answers listening for the buzzwords listening for the little giveaways that people uh, might offer up in the way that they answer questions or the way they prepare for the interview that helps you really visualize the exact shape of the problem and the exact shape of the solution and matching the two together becomes a whole lot easier. I believe that, Nick. And on that note, I'm going to thank you very much for joining me on a quick introduction on this part of it and to tell our employers about the one interview question that says it all. Come back soon and we'll really appreciate your time and expertise on Pass It On and I hope you'll come back, Nick. Yeah, for sure, Corinne. Thanks very much. I'm sure. I hope you like this brief little additional episode about interviews and how to get noticed in the rush of applicants. Pay attention and deliver what is asked for precisely. It shows respect for the person's time who is considering your application. We thank Justin Barizo for an insightful look into Elon Musk's hiring practice in Inc. Magazine. He has a new book out called EQ Applied, shares fascinating research, some modern examples and personal stories that illustrate how emotional intelligence works in the real world. Well, that's all the time we have today, ladies and jelly beans. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pass It On with CWR Talent. If you'd like to reach out to our guests, please let us know and we'll pass it on. Please give us a follow and a like, and please, please share this with your networks across your social media platforms to reach more aspiring leaders. We appreciate your support. And also we'd like to thank our sponsor, Nancy Sharp from the Cider House Studio who provides our artwork for our pages. Thank you, Nancy. Nancy makes art that makes people happy. I know it does me. Thank you. See you soon.